Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement with best-selling author and fiduciary, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Them that have it, get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Insurance, a nine-letter word that usually brings a slight cringe to savers who feel like they pay too much for it as it is. I guess that's because the types of insurance one might secure nowadays seem endless. There's insurance to cover your car, insurance to protect your home, insurance to cover your health, insurance to cover your life, insurance to cover your income, insurance to pay for nursing homes, and yes, even insurance to cover everyday uses of gadgets and gizmos. In fact, the amount of money spent by savers for insurance each year is more than likely in the thousands of dollars a year. So why do so many of us turn our hard-earned money over to insurance policies protecting our lives and our money and our income and our health and, yes, even our stuff? And just as important to note, assuming you're one of the millions of Americans doling out all of this money for insurance premiums every year, how in the world do the insurance companies backing the policies we purchase from them make money on our money? Well, that's what I'm going to teach you today. And I'll have to say to have an understanding of the insurance world, in my view, is one of the most important discussions savers should have when it comes to a worry-free retirement. Well, welcome, folks, to the Worry-Free Retirement. And yes, I am that little man in the sweater vest, safe money specialist and fiduciary, Tony Walker. And also in the Louisville studios today, as we record this show on December, excuse me, January 5th, 2021, America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander. Good afternoon, Aaron. Hello, everybody, and good afternoon, Tony. How are you today? Doing well, doing well. I can't believe I said December, and actually, I almost I said I can't believe you're still in 2020. Get out of there. Come on, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Man, never before. If I had a year, I'm so glad to move on. But uh, everything okay? Your Christmas, New yeah, Year's, all that? Yeah, Christmas was great. We got, uh, you know... For those of you who uh, regularly listen to this show, you know I've been working on finishing my basement for a couple of years. Don't tell me you finished it. We're like 96% done. We got a few things to do here and there, but the big thing, Christmas Day, we put the projector up. So we've we set it up to where we got. Did they go in the bathroom? Do what? You didn't put a projector in the bathroom. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Just a phone. We just have a phone in the. No, just kidding. Yeah, we uh, we set it up to where there's a. It's a projector wall, so it's got special paint on it and everything else. And we've got a projector in the back room, in the back of the room. Man, it is awesome. Yeah, and let me tell you, who loves it is Preston. You know why? Because he plays all his video games on it. That is cool. Good for you. <laughs> well, speaking of insurance, you probably, you, you, oh, by the way, that is a thought. Have you bumped up your insurance on your home just a little bit to cover the addition? A little bit. Yeah. So Not you did lot. think about yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good, good yeah. deal. 
So as we think about insurance, Aaron, I'll quiz you, all right? If we had to name four products that are guaranteed, okay, guaranteed to protect us from loss, I'll give you four options and you choose which one you think would be the best, okay? Uh, pork belly futures, Bitcoin, the stock market, or insurance policies? What's the obvious answer there? If you had to say of those four, what would be more than likely to guarantee you to protect you from loss? What's the obvious answer? Yeah. I'm gonna go with insurance policies. Very good, Aaron, very good. So I guess the point is, and this show is dedicated to savers, we talk about protecting our money all the time. Why is it you think that people really and truly kind of are just turned off even the thought of insurance, because it's not a fun subject. Nobody likes paying the premiums. What is it about insurance? You I think? think a lot of times people just think, well, if I don't need it, then that's money wasted. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes a lot of people think that like, well, something could happen, but something could not happen. And if something doesn't happen, then do I get that money back? And, you know, that's yeah. a very good point. I, I think that's it, because really insurance, folks, and that's what we're going to talk about today. This I think this is going to be a very helpful episode to help you think through the things you should insure or consider insuring and the things you should not. And as Aaron said, I think that's the big rub. You know, if we named all of those insurances off again, but think how much money you spend on insurance policies throughout your life. And it's probably in the hundreds of thousands of dollars if you're at my age. And, and granted, you may be listening to this radio show and thinking, well, I have collected on some pretty big policies, but for the most part, I'm thinking out loud, Aaron, um, we had, a, we had a, da a damage to our basement one day that, that we turned in on insurance. That helped. I think we had, uh, we had the hailstorm in Bowling Green years ago. That helped. It was probably $40,000 of damage. Um, my daughter, she wrecked a car, but the other person paid for that. I mean, I'm trying to think of what I would say is catastrophic. I'm talking in the six figures. I've never had a loss anywhere close to that. Have you? No. I mean, I've maybe, you know, I've had a wreck that, you know, insurance covered it. Um, but not $100,000. I mean, no, no, I wasn't driving a Ferrari or anything, you know. <laughs> so that's, that's the point. I think, number one, I mean, nobody really wants to think of a catastrophic situation and being without insurance, but then you've got to add up. Well, like you said, Aaron, if I spend all this money over 40, 50 years, and other than some small claims here and there, uh, sounds like to me the insurance companies are the ones that are making out on the good end of this deal. So when I come back, we're going we're gonna to think through what is really the purpose of insurance, any kind of insurance. And then we're actually going to have a special guest on that works in the inside uh, halls of insurance companies, an area that most people have no clue how they work, and it's very, very important stuff coming up. And then we're going to conclude today's show with the most important insurances you can consider for retirement. Good stuff coming your way. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. It is estimated that each day over 10,000 people will turn 65, which means a lot of advisors selling a lot of annuities. Don't get stuck in the wrong annuity. Get a second opinion from TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. And as uh, Aaron and I were talking during the break, I asked Aaron, 
a question, and I didn't give him the answer, so I'll ask you the question again for our audience, Aaron. When do you think the first major insurance groups were started? What years uh, where they were organized and actually insuring major, potentially major catastrophic events for people? Oh, if I, I don't know, if I put me on the spot, I'd probably have to say maybe late 1800s, maybe early 1900s. I don't know. For some reason, yeah. I'm thinking about the depression and, and the dust bowls. <laughs> I don't know why. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. That, that's actually a good guess. Actually, it goes all the way back to the 17th century. Wow. Um, th- now, this is interesting stuff. And, and have you ever heard of the company Lloyd's of London? You've heard of them, haven't you? I've heard of it. Okay. I don't know what it is, but that's I've heard fine. of it. Well, let me tell you how that got started. It's really fascinating. So in the 17th century, obviously, people were jumping on wooden boats and sailing the seven seas to this newfound country, mainly America, but other places. But you got to remember, these ships had very little navigational equipment. It was very dangerous. And what they were hauling was cargo. Okay, so picture, I mean, you imagine just jumping on one of these big boats and you're taking off in, you know, treacherous waters and you've got somebody else's cargo. So you're the ship captain or you're the ship owner and some guy wants to put on there, you know, whatever they're going to haul tea or whatever all the way across to the U.S. and there's thousands and thousands of dollars of tea on your ship and that ship goes down not only did the ship owner lose his ship, but the guy that had the tea, he's out of luck. So this fella owned a coffee shop. His name was Edward Lloyd's uh, over in London, uh, Edward Lloyd, and he called it Lloyd's Coffee Shop. Now what he noticed, because he would, was in the marine time era where this coffee shop was, he wrote a lot of publications, he got to know the business, and he got to thinking, why couldn't I put together investors, so to speak, who would insure the cargo. So basically, make sure that if the cargo didn't go get over there, they would reimburse the person, let's say, let's go back to the example of the tea with $50,000 worth of tea on there, and reimburse them for their losses. And guess what? Everybody said, that's a great idea. So they put a little extra money in, right? right? Let's go back. So the tea owner. Okay, the tea owner, yeah. He, yeah, so he has to pay a premium. Let's say, and this is where they, they this was the first example of risk management. Because think about this. This is really pretty difficult when you think about it. The guest we're going to have on is going to help a lot with this. But with insurance, you have to think of something called risk management. And normally in risk management, there's something called the law of large numbers. So let's, let me give you an example. We're filming this show, uh, recording this show in Louisville. I mean, think how many cars are driving around Louisville. Thousands and thousands. Right. There's a large number of cars. So let's say I'm an insurance company, and I'm going to insure today that if, one, if, if a car has a wreck, I'll cover it. So I collect premiums from everybody that's driving a car. That's a lot of premiums, right? Because there's a lot of people. What I'm hoping is there's zero or very few wrecks today, right? If there's no wrecks, I don't have to pay any claims out, so I keep all that money. We'll go back in time to the 17th century when these new ships, this was all new trade, and you're going to pick a couple of boats out, and you're going to ensure that that $50,000 goes down, you got to come up. So the premiums were probably, I'll have to do some research, they're probably pretty high. So let's go back to the T guy. The T guy says, well, I want my $50,000 covered if that ship sinks. Then they've got to figure out from a risk management standpoint, the investors who started the insurance company, all right, how much do we risk losing? Does that make sense? Right, okay. So Mr. Lloyd has got to get enough investors to easily cover $50,000 because they got to cover the claim. Then they got to come up with a premium 
And what they hope is that there's not many shipwrecks. Right. So they don't have to pay out the claims. Yeah. Or if they do have to pay out the claims based on the law of large numbers. And what happened was as this ship industry grew and they got better at judging what ships might. And I'm sure back then I've never researched this. It's probably interesting. I'm sure they probably began to figure out which navigational routes were the most dangerous. Mm -hmm. So they might go to a ship owner and say, hey, by the way, how are you going to travel over to America? Well, I was going to go through the Straits of this and that. And they might have found out, hey, the last five boats that went that way didn't come back. So they might charge a larger premium because they had more risk. You kind of following that? Okay. Yeah. So what we need to understand is these insurance companies, folks, the same people that insure our car, our home, our boats, golf carts. I've got a golf cart I have insurance on. They might say, well, Tony, why would you have insurance on a golf cart? I'd say it's probably worth $6,000. You know why I've got insurance on that golf cart? Because I drive it on the street. It's street ready and licensed, but it's a vehicle. If somebody gets hit, if I accidentally, somebody falls out of that golf cart, that thing will go 25 miles an hour. I could get sued. So I, so back to that, I have to determine my level of risk as a consumer. And then the insurance company that insures my golf cart, they don't charge much for it because the chances of something happening are slim, but they're still going to charge me a premium. So folks, these insurance companies job, what they do is they try to determine their level of risk. Then they determine how much they're going to charge you in premium. And what we're going to find out from somebody called an actuary in just a second, they're going to then determine how much money they can make on your money and ultimately what you can expect from them in terms of their ability to make good on their promise to pay a claim if you have one. Good stuff coming your way. You're listening to Tony Walker Financial and the Worry for Retirement. When I return, we're going to be talking to an actuary from an insurance company to help us understand how they manage risk and how they make money on our money. You're listening to The Worry Free Retirement. I'll be right back. Who can you trust? It's one of the most important decisions you'll have to make. Question is, are you ready? Well, we're here to help at Tony Walker Financial. You know, we care more about you than we do your money, and we have over 2,000 happy clients and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau to prove it. Rolling over a 401k, confused about Social Security, maybe you're afraid of running out of money. Learn how to use and enjoy and protect your hard-earned money. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. Well, good morning, Mark. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, how are you doing this morning down there? It sounds like you're in the sunny state of Florida. That's right, Tony. Well, good. Well, first of all, Mark, just tell us what an actuary does, if you would, please. Uh, Tony, an actuary is a mathematician that works for an insurance company or a pension plan or an insurance-related business of some sort. And an actuary does... Uh, statistical studies like studying mortality, for example, uses um, the information from those statistical studies to figure out uh, prices for insurance products, what reserves um, to set, and an actuary also concerns themselves with uh, uh, risk management to make sure that the the risk of the insurance company are properly balanced. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. I, I know a little bit about actuarial science, nothing compared to you. So let, let's take an annuity. That's kind of the topic of our discussion today, Mark. 
how do they go about pricing an annuity in terms of, let's say I give them 100000 and they're going to guarantee me some income. What are some of the things you as an actuary look at to make sure, number one, what they can afford to pay me, and number two, they don't go out of business trying to do it? Uh, exactly, Tony. So the way that works for an annuity is the key driver there for the insurance company is how much investment income the insurer can earn. Then from that investment income, you make various deductions, uh, commissions, expenses, uh, taxes. Um, there's, you also need to set up provisions for reserves and surplus. And, and finally, a little bit of a profit margin. Then what's ever left um, from that, after deducting all those items from the investment income, that's what's used to enable the insurance company to pay uh, interest on the annuity. And I guess as we think about today, as we record this show, right at the brand new year of 2021, I mean, interest rates are so low. Uh, tell, the, tell the audience a little bit about how insurance companies invest their money and why they're not earning a lot of yield and why they have to keep this money safe. So one thing uh, that the insurance company is able to do is they are able to invest in bulk and that allows them to um, earn uh, a little extra um, interest income. They, for various reasons, those um, investments can't be particularly risky. So, so they're not they're not as safe as say U.S. Treasuries, uh, but but they tend to they tend to invest in in fairly um, safe instruments. You know, highly rated corporate bonds, uh, for example. Yeah, so that's a good point. You know, I've represented insurance companies for many of them for 36 years. Uh, in general, they're very safe, but what types of measures what, do they take and how can the consumer be fairly confident that these insurance companies are fairly safe vehicles to invest in in terms of their products? Well, there's, there's three key components to think of there. First of all, the state insurance departments require insurance companies to hold uh, reserves, to set money aside to spe specifically allow them to meet their future obligations to the policyholders. On top of that, they're required to hold a certain amount of surplus. And then lastly, um, these days, most of your insurance companies have got pretty strict risk management discipline which, when they're constantly analyzing risk out in the marketplace and how those risks can impact the insurance company and what they need to do to protect themselves from those risks. That's very interesting. And Mark, coming from somebody like you that's been in this business a long time and understands the inner workings of insurance companies, valuable information, and we appreciate your time so much and have a good time down there in Florida. Okay, thanks, Tony. Our Tony in the Trenches question is a good one, and it fits right in with our subject matter today of insurance and what should we insure and where are the risks, et cetera. This is a gentleman by the name of Dave out of Louisville. Actually, this was a phone call I got the other day. He said, I'm 58 years of age. I have a, Dave said he had purchased a universal life policy some 20 years ago. I have a $200,000 death benefit, and the agent, who happened to be Dave's brother-in-law at the time, who sold him this policy 20 years ago, claimed that by 20 years later, which is today, Dave would have all of his premiums back in the way of cash value. But according to Dave, it's only about half of that. 
To which Dave asks, what in the world happened and how come I don't have as much money in my policy as my brother-in-law told me I would? Well, with us in the studio to help us answer this question is my very own favorite son-in-law, Mr. Trey Jurgens, who has worked diligently over the last four years to learn a lot about the insurance world. And uh, we appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your schedule to join us in the studio today, Trey. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. And uh, so you, you're meeting more and more clients, and you're meeting a lot of our clients who've been with us a while, but you've run into this a few times. Why don't, why don't you take a stab at explaining what's happened to old Dave's policy and why after 20 years the cash value promised by the agent and or the insurance company isn't there. Yeah, well, he's actually in better shape than some of the folks we see. <laughs> At least he's got cash value. Yeah. We've, we've seen a problem with some of these agents back in the 80s and 90s, uh, before I was even born, are selling universal life like hotcakes. And what they were assuming were double-digit interest rates. Which is what they were paying back exactly, then, right? Exactly. What it's really done is more like 3%. So over time, what is called the cost of insurance, basically what it costs for that insurance company to take on the risk of paying out that big death benefit, it's gone up. The 3% that was assumed at 10, 12% hasn't kept up with what they thought. And here you are with little or no cash value. And what happens when the cash value goes down, you're left to pay it out of pocket or you just give up the policy. And I think that's where this gentleman's dilemma is. It's what he's asking me. He says, well, what should I do with it? And that's a toughie. Now, in his case, and folks, you may be running into this right now. We don't want to get too much on life insurance today, but you can do what's called an enforced ledger. You can ask the company to send you one, and we'll be happy to look at it. But I told him, I said, Dave, the only thing I know to do, get an enforced ledger, get it to us. And like you said, unfortunately, the thing's probably going to run out of money at some point, and he's probably going to let, have to let the thing lapse, which is pretty sad when you think about it. Yeah, you have some options, but if you're not in great health and that thing is really becoming a problem, that's becoming cost prohibitive to even keep it, you, it comes to a crossroads where you have to make a tough decision and sometimes it is giving up that policy. But we do like universal life when it comes to guaranteed universal life. Yeah, that's, well, why don't you explain that? Because a lot of people don't realize that product's out there. We're not big believers in term insurance because most people never collect on that. The old guaranteed universal life that we're talking about that Dave has really wasn't as guaranteed. Tell people about the new guaranteed universal life that we're using now. Mm -hmm. So guaranteed universal life includes what's called a guarantee no lapse provision. Lapse is when your cash value runs out and you don't pay the premium and the policy. Or the premium gets so high right. it just lapses. Okay. Totally goes away and you're left without a policy. With the guaranteed no lapse provision, you get a level premium level guaranteed death benefit for as long as you have that no lapse provision. So it's it's a nice way of making sure that premium is going to stay what you're used to paying. The death benefit's going to be there when you're no longer there and you're going to have a policy. And we're seeing, I'm, I'll talk about this in the remaining bit of the show here in just a second, but we're seeing um, what seems to be the common thing that most of our savers who are you know getting into retirement, this show mainly is de dealing towards retirement planning aspects of life insurance, but what are you seeing more and more people go to that come to Tony Walker Financial in terms of life insurance, Tip, assuming they're healthy enough to get it? That's, that's a good question. What I've seen most recently are not huge policies. It's not people coming in looking for a million dollars. They're looking for something that's going to replace the loss of a Social Security when a spouse dies. 
maybe even a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars that also has what's called a long-term care rider that allows you to use that money, accelerate that death benefit while you're still living to pay for costs of health care. Um, there's a lot of flexible options, but not huge policies. Yeah, that's and that's good, and and it's all tax-free. I think. You know, I've said that I've done this 36 years and you're starting to see this now. I've never had a widow, a widower, a child when they've lost a parent, let's say, or lost their spouse. When they come in and we help them with death claims and we hand them a tax-free check for $50,000, $150,000, I've never seen them turn it away, did they? they no, it's, it? it's a strange phenomenon. <laughs> well, Trey, I appreciate your time. i tell you what I'm going to do in the remaining time. I'm going to talk about the double whammy. And uh, well, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break. I'm going to come back. And the double whammy is this, folks. How can we use insurance companies in retirement planning to provide tax-free benefits when we die and mailbox money for the rest of our life while we're alive? You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. Have you recently retired, been laid off, or offered a pension buyout? Has the company you worked for moved, been acquired, or closed its doors forever? And finally, do you have a 401k with a previous employer you'd like to move to safer territory? Then take advantage of this opportunity to move your 401k or lump sum pension to Tony Walker Financial. Let's meet in person to discuss your retirement options. Log on now to TonyWalkerFinancial.com to schedule your free, no obligation appointment. Let us help you today. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. We appreciate my favorite son-in-law, Trey, uh, sharing his thoughts on life insurance and guaranteed universal life. Obviously, if you'd like to get a free quote, just email Trey at TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Trey at TonyWalkerFinancial.com will be happy to share with you these newer products that I think are much more beneficial long-term. Remember, folks, with life insurance, if you keep it long enough, somebody's going to get all that money back plus interest, tax free. Kind of hard to argue with that. Oh, by the way, uh, Aaron's mic'd back up with us. Aaron, uh, as Trey was leaving, he was laughing. You know, we're talking a lot about Lloyd's of London. And if you're just now joining us, folks, we talked about in the 17th century, that's how Lloyd's of London, the huge insurance conglomerate, got started. A gentleman by the last name of Lloyd was insuring the cargo on boats traveling the seven seas. And Trey goes, you know, it's funny, uh, he's got a little ring that he insured through his homeowner's policy. And they call it Inland Marine Coverage. Inland Marine. Okay. That's just what it's always been. Isn't this that funny is what though? it's always been called. Yeah. I'd like to know the history of that. I didn't even, I didn't even I, I've seen that also. And I'm like, Trey, he said, do you know why they call it that? I said, I really don't. I guess back in the day, who, I don't know. That's, it's just funny. <laughs> but anyway, so folks, in our remaining time, we just got a couple of minutes left. I want to share with you the double whammy of retirement planning. And that's insurance used to protect your assets and your income. And that comes in one of two ways. And I have both of these policies and they work wonderful together. The first policy is either guaranteed universal life or dividend participating whole life. Again, folks, if we're getting life insurance and we want to protect our income in retirement, most people don't know anything about this. That's why when people recommend load up on term and you can drop it down the road, is complete nonsense when you're getting into retirement planning. That's the last thing you want to do. If possible, you want to be able to have that permanent life insurance. So when one of the spouses dies, not if, there's money there to use to replace lost income. So for instance, uh, 
Uh, hubby and wife both have social security. They're enjoying life. One of them dies. Well, guess what? One of those social securities is going to drop off. Many of you have pensions. When one of you dies, the pension income will drop off. Thus, if you can afford it, and that's what we can run you the numbers, if you have good enough health, we can provide life insurance, which will replace that income guaranteed tax-free. And then the second double whammy of retirement planning is annuities. You see, folks, annuities issued by insurance company, their main purpose is, number one, to protect your principal, and number two, if you elect what I call mailbox money, they're guaranteeing that you won't run out of money. So when we talk about insurance and retirement planning, the two main insurances you have to have if you want to maximize your retirement planning, enjoy your money, not run out of it, and if it's important to leave tax-free proceeds at your death, is life insurance and annuities. So if you'd like to know more or just meet with us on anything, it could be wanting to review your 401k, old life insurance policies, maybe you're wanting to look at long-term care insurance, uh, maybe you want to see how annuities can provide lifetime income, give us a call at 877-499-9255, 877-499-WALK, or log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. We can meet over the phone with a 10-minute free fiduciary phone call. Or, of course, we'd be happy to meet you at either our Bowling Green, Louisville, or Lexington, Kentucky offices. TonyWalkerFinancial.com Well, next week, we conclude this series on insurance with how do insurance companies guarantee these huge interest rates that many annuity peddlers are pushing? Good stuff coming your way next week. But you remember, between now and then, if all else fails, you be worry-free. You don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do.